Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. That is a quote from Viktor Frankl, an Austrian neurologist, psychologist, and Holocaust survivor. It's one of my favorite quotes, and this episode will be about the sequence that occurs in the space that Viktor Frankl is referring to. Okay, so when I'm talking to youth about how thoughts and emotions impact our behavior, I share an acronym. Because of course, I've decided to create an acronym to help these concepts and connections be a little bit more understandable. I hope you enjoy it, and if your child's open to it, I hope you share it with them. Okay, so I call it the TEAR sequence. TEAR, T-I-E-R. The T stands for trigger, the I stands for interpretation, the E is for emotion, and the R is for reaction. So the first part of the sequence is the trigger. When I say trigger, I'm referring to the prompting event that starts the tear sequence. These triggers can be external or internal. Examples of external triggers are things people say or do to us, or maybe around us. And internal triggers can be something like a a memory, a random thought, and even sometimes an emotion. So once the triggering event occurs, we then arrive at the I of the tear sequence. The I stands for interpretation. This is the process that immediately follows the trigger. And this is the cognitive process where we interpret the trigger. So this is where our thoughts, our beliefs, our assumptions, it's where all that comes into play. And this step on the sequence is the part that is so often overlooked. It's important to know that most of the triggers or external events that occur in our lives don't immediately prompt an emotion. But that it is actually our interpretation of the trigger that prompts the emotion. The emotion is a result of how we interpret the trigger. The emotion usually isn't a result of the trigger itself. It is essential. It is necessary to know this about ourselves. And it's important for many reasons. But a main reason being, we are often not in control of the initial trigger. But we are in control of how we interpret it. It's true. We get to choose our interpretations. We get to choose the frame we place on the triggering event. And as Frankel refers to in his quote, this interpretation space is where we have the freedom, the freedom to choose. Relating it to a story, we get to interpret the story. And by doing this, we get to interrupt the stories that we're creating. Therefore, we may be able to change the story. And if we change the story, we will change our mood. We'll change our relationships and ultimately change our lives. So it's the interpretation we choose that will be responsible for provoking a particular emotion. Emotion. That's the E of the tear sequence. And that E, or emotion part, that can be a positive, neutral, or negative emotion. 
So maybe the interpretation results in anger, sadness, anxiety, or fear. Or the interpretation may result in us feeling joy, pride, love, or maybe we feel interested or inspired. Maybe even our interpretations can provide us with some amusement if we do it right. Okay, so another thing to remember is that most people incorrectly believe that their interpretations are highly accurate. But all of us need to realize that our interpretations are inexact, they are imperfect, and often there's flat out incorrect. Because this is true, oftentimes the best interpretation to have about our interpretations is one of uncertainty. So when you acknowledge the uncertainty, you have two main options. Gather more information to see if your interpretation is accurate, or, and this is the option that I would recommend using more frequently, you can acknowledge that your interpretations are flawed. And because of this, choose to not spend too much time in the cloudy and confused cognitive process known as interpretation. This could look like, you know, I, I really don't know what the heck that was all about. And I know further interpretation or investigation will most likely just make these unclear waters even more muddy. And because I've got some stuff I need to get to, I'm going to postpone and maybe even cancel this interpretive process. Okay, so it is the all-important reminder that what we are feeling is a result of our interpretation or appraisal of the initial triggering event. So. Once we have arrived at the emotional part of the tear sequence, we have then arrived at a connection that most are familiar with, which is the connection between our emotion and our reactions. This R or reaction in the tear sequence is about how we choose to react, respond, or behave based off of the emotion that we're feeling. So if you're feeling anxious, you may try to avoid the trigger in the present and in the future. If you're feeling angry about the trigger, you may then attack the triggering person, verbally or physically. Okay, so earlier I said react and respond. And this allows me to discuss the difference between reaction and response. So reactions usually occur very quickly. They're impulsive. They're super fueled by emotion. And often, they don't take into account our future or consider long-term consequences. While in contrast, responses which technically are a reaction, responses are less impulsive, less fueled by emotion, and do take into account long-term consequences, which is to say you make a consideration of your future well-being and possibly the well-being of other people. But back to the reactions for a moment. So these reactions usually result in saying or doing something that you will regret at a later time. But these reactions are often described incorrectly after someone does that one thing that they regret, is commonly said by that person, well, I wasn't thinking. But that isn't accurate. You did think. Remember the interpretation part? But it was likely an instant and intense interpretation or thought that led you to your reaction. And that clarification is something very important, very important to bring up to your child when they say some version of, well, I just wasn't thinking. Because, yeah, we must not dismiss, disregard, or deny the I or interpretation that was made when we say or do the things that we regret. Okay, 
So that was the trigger, interpretation, emotion, and reaction of the tear sequence. Now, when working with youth, I will always provide some stories or examples from the past to make more sense of how the sequence works and why it's so important to understand the impact of this sequence in our lives. So for you parents, you may choose to think of stories from your past to share with your kids, but hopefully not stories that involve them if they may cause them to become defensive. Okay, so here's one story I share. So when I was in ninth grade, I went to go live with my dad. It was a new school. It was in a new state. I was 14, but looked more like I was 10. So I was terrified, petrified on my first day of high school. So I'm sitting there in my, in my first period class, first day, and a kid sitting at the front of the class looks back at me, grins a bit, gave me a little uh, head nod, and then he turned back around. Okay, so that is where the tear sequence began. The trigger was the guy turning around, looking directly at me, grinning a bit, and giving me a head nod. So then I arrived at the I, or interpretation, of the trigger. And my interpretation was that those gestures were a threat. I thought that he noticed I was the new kid, that I was small, that I was afraid, and that he wanted to beat me up. And based off of this interpretation, I then felt the E, or emotion, of fear. Yeah, I was flooded with fear. Then, my R, or reaction, to this fear was to hang in the back of the classroom once a bell rang, wait for everybody to walk out, including him. And then I spent the rest of the day with my head on a swivel, trying to avoid being seen by that one student. And then later on that night, I continued to react by begging my dad to not make me go to school the next day, which didn't work. So I had to go to school the next day and sit in that first period classroom, which is the exact location where I learned that my interpretation was way off. And therefore, my unwanted emotion of fear was unnecessary, which then resulted in a reaction of avoidance that was unwarranted. So what happened was that next morning, the student who gave me the grin and the head nod came up to me before class and said, hey man, what's up? Didn't we go to a basketball camp together a few years ago? I was looking for you all day because I wanted to ask you if you wanted to go to the rec center and play some ball this weekend. You in? Yep, turns out that my first interpretation of him being a stranger was incorrect. We did go to a basketball camp a few summers ago, but not just that. His grin and head nod were actually kind gestures that communicated acknowledgement, interest, and respect. So that's one story I'd like to share about the importance of understanding the tear sequence. I love using this model to help educate youth about emotional intelligence and that they have a lot more control over their emotions and their behavior than they think. And to close, here's one more example of the tear sequence. So when I worked at a detention center, I remember there were a lot of fights, a lot of fights that I had to break up. So after I had broken up the fight, I would sit down with each youth individually afterwards to help them process what just went down. So when asked what, how, or why it happened, they would usually describe a two-step process, which was some rendition of, he was staring at me, so I punched him in the face. That right there only accounts for two steps in a four-step process. 
The only two mentioned, accounted for, and realized were trigger and reaction. So, back then, and to this day, I enjoy sharing with youth that there are actually two key steps missing from that type of description. And by acknowledging and by understanding the other steps, they can, you can, we all can significantly change our lives for the better. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.